Welcome to the Green Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Robert. And we got what I hope is an eye-opening episode for you this week. Shoot it. Try for the dough. Yeah. Boom. He think he applying that pressure. But dog, I ain't blinking, ain't flinching. I'm holding my pose and I'm twirling my Like I said, this week I am pulling back the curtain a little bit. And we are going to check out the largest company in the golf industry that I promise you probably don't know about. Oh, yeah, I'm finna shoot a low. I hit the twirl and then hit the fairway and then hit my wall. When it come to that twirl. Now, before we dive into the company behind the scenes, we need to talk about my favorite part of the week, and that's bourbon of the week. This week, I'm actually drinking from what is called an infinity bottle. If you're a whiskey drinker, I highly recommend getting an infinity bottle. Now, what's an infinity bottle, you're asking? Let me explain. Basically, what you do is you get your favorite whiskeys and the last couple of pours. You take a little bit and you pour it into the into this infinity bottle, this empty bottle. Keep pouring a little bit and you take a little from all the whiskeys and you pour it in and it creates a pretty unique blend where you start combining flavors of different distilleries and things like that. And it's actually quite tasty if you do it right. Now, you don't want to put in a huge um, peaty whiskey or something with a really, really, really strong flavor or even something that's really high in proof if you don't want to do that because it's going to take over the flavor of the bottle but it is a fun way to create a unique blend that no one else will have so what you need to do now is you need to pause the show go pour yourself a drink get you a beer cup of water a soda and let's get into it so one of the most mind-blowing things i actually learned about over the last few years was luxotica was this Luxottica controversy. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Luxottica and its story and why it's a controversy, it's basically the fact that this one company named Luxottica owns pretty much every high-end brand of sunglasses that you can think of. Not all of them, but they own quite a few. Brands like Oakley, Costa, and Ray-Bans are all owned by this company. Now, each of these companies have their own design teams, of course, to make sure that the brands stay on brand and perform like they want. But all these sunglasses are made in the same factories with the same materials and the same quality control. An even better example of this, and I believe an even better parallel to the golf industry, is in bourbon. While there are plenty of brands that make their own juice, you know, Evan Williams, Wild Turkey, they all make their own juice and their own bourbon. There is one in Indiana named MGP that distills more than pretty much anybody. And what do they do? They age these bottle, uh, these barrels of uh, whiskey in their warehouse. And then what they can do is they then sell it. They have their own brands, but really their main, their main business is selling their really good whiskey to other companies. And so they sell that product to the other companies, another distillery that's trying to get off the ground. So they're sourcing some bourbon or they are um, just doing a private label, something like that. And they buy that and then they sell it as their own bottle. And what's really funny is when people start comparing bottles that come from the exact same distillery like MGP and they're the same age. 
right? So they're like, this is a 10-year Indiana rye, and this is a 10-year Indiana rye. I like this one, and I don't like this one. And you just have to laugh because they're both probably MGP 10-year ryes. So I get a good chuckle out of that. And that's what led me to this episode, right? I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw someone had a broken Cobra head, right? The uh, I've talked about on the Cobra drivers, they have the little T chassis across the top. Well, the, the uh, carbon fiber on top, the weld popped, and the head just basically shattered. And they had that broken Cobra head. And that happens sometimes with golf clubs, especially when we're when we're really pushing the brink of manufacturing and, and things like that. But what what really got me laughing was the top comment was, that's why I only buy Callaway and TaylorMade. Their QC is so much better. And I couldn't help but laugh knowing that all of these clubs are all made by one company named Fusheng. Now, Fusheng is located in Taiwan and Vietnam, and they currently take the claim as the largest producer of golf clubs in the world. Now, as I said in the title, you probably don't know them, but in the industry, everyone knows Fusheng. And when I tell you that Fusheng is a massive company, I mean it. They run the golf equipment industry. According to their own reports, they produce 42% of the golf head, golf club heads in the world. 42%. So I want you to think about that. When you walk into a golf galaxy or you walk into a PGA Tour superstore and you walk down the aisles, two in every five clubs on that rack were made with Fusheng. So I can also tell you that while they two out of every five statistically is it, if you're walking down Callaway, you're walking down TaylorMade, you're walking down Cobra, I can almost guarantee you that all of them are made by Fusheng. Now, as you can imagine, when you control that much of the industry, you kind of have it by the balls. Everyone does what Fusheng tells them to. From the grip manufacturers, the shaft manufacturers, even the OEMs, while they are a customer of Fusheng, they do what Fusheng tells them to. So, what is Fusheng? Fusheng is what, in the industry, we call an assembler. Okay, so, there are a few more of these assemblers, but today we're really going to focus on Fusheng since they are the largest and biggest, baddest player in the in the game. Now, Fusheng has two major plants where they manufacture heads and assemble clubs, and those are named Vision and Extensor. Okay, so these two plants, they manufacture the heads, so they do all the casting and the forging there, as well as all the titanium and carbon fiber work that's required for all of these club heads. They do them in these warehouses, and these two plants produce the heads for pretty much every major OEM you can take think of. And then after they produce the heads, what they do is they take the shaft, then they take the grip, and they put them all together according to the OEM specifications. Right, So they got to make sure it hits swing weight. They got to make sure it falls under the correct weight. They got to make sure that they all fit together. And... 
you'll see oftentimes, especially in the industry, you will see that they inspect these parts really strongly because they have to be efficient when they are going through all of this. Now, once they got everything assembled, they ship it to the OEM they're assembling it for. So they ship it to Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, um, and anyone else that is uh, working with them. They ship it to their warehouses. And then from there, those OEMs take that product, and that's what you see in stores. I don't know if you remember this, but back in like 2011, they used to have um, like TaylorMade clubs. They used to have like assembled in uh, assembled in China, shaft made here, club head made here, grip made here. And that's because grips are made in a different place than where shafts are. And all of all of that, right? The the shafts for um, Fujikura are made in one place. Shafts for UST are made in another. Project X makes theirs in a different place. Lampkin grips are made in a different place than Golf Pride. Um, things like that. So you you may remember those stickers, but you saw that everything was assembled in China, and it was because of these assemblers. All right, and so. When they get this product, they take it into the stores, and that's what you're buying. So when I say all this, I'm not trying to say that the OEMs, where I lose the Luxottica tie-in is one, Luxottica owns all those brands. Fusheng does not own the OEMs. But I will say they do have some influence, right? So how the whole thing works is basically... The OEM has their internal R&D teams, right? They're, they're, they design the club heads and they do all the testing and things like that on them on a CAD, on a CAD design program. Then what they do is they actually consult with their assembler, in this case, Fusheng, to see if what they want to do is even technologically feasible, right? So if back in the day, Adams created this margining head, you may remember that that club head that was a margining steel where basically they welded the face to the crown of the of the club and they did all of that and and they worked with another assembler and the assembler was like, oh yeah, absolutely, we can do that, no problem, right? But if they start to get a little crazy, they design something and, and the technology's not quite there, we can't quite get it cast that way, we can't quite do what we need in, uh, in that, then Fushan can tell them no. Right. The other very odd thing about it is the fact that the OEMs are actually a customer, but the OEMs handle all of the design. So Fusheng, right, Callaway, TaylorMade will actually approach Fusheng with an idea and then say, can you do this? And then from there, they tell them if they can, and then they give the OEM a price per head. I don't know what that is. And then that OEM can actually shop it around to other manufacturers, such as Advanced. Um, there's a couple of others out there. Um, Advanced is probably the second largest. And they can they can shop that around. But with Fusheng being the most technologically advanced and the has the largest staff, and they built those relationships with the very large OEMs, they typically get the business from the biggest companies like Callaway and TaylorMade. So if, if the OEMs design it, Fusheng makes it, what 
was so funny about the original question of Callaway and TaylorMade having better quality control. I'll tell you, I find it funny because I know a lot of these companies use the exact same assemblers, right? So coming down one line is a Cobra head. Coming down another line is going to be Callaway heads. And then down another line is going to be the TaylorMade heads. They all go to the same QC teams. They're all made with the exact same uh, factory. They're made with the same materials, just with different instructions, right? The the titanium that Callaway uses isn't better than the titanium that Cobra uses or that Wilson uses. They all come from the same factory. Now, to be fair, this isn't a bad thing, right? It's the same in just about any industry you can think of. I mentioned bourbon earlier, uh, sunglasses. It happens a lot. And the other thing about the QC is I know how stringent these companies are in their inspections. I know how tough it is to get things in and past QC at an assembler. Um, we would have items routinely rejected for small, tiny imperfections that no consumer would notice. Hell, a lot of times these imperfections would were going to be covered by the grip anyways, and they would get rejected, and we'd have to reach out to an OEM to be like, is this okay? And then we had to go to the, to the assembler and tell them that, the OEM told us that that's going to be covered by a grip and that little paint bubble wouldn't uh, wouldn't be too bad. We'd have to send a high-end color acceptable. We'd have to send a low-end acceptable. And we'd have to send a perfect match. So what we would do is we'd send that to the OEM. The OEM would approve it. And then we'd send it over to, uh, to Fusheng. And Fusheng would use those and compare every single shaft against them. Like I said, if that paint had a tiny bubble where the grip would be, they would still reject it. If it was slightly off in color, reject it. If there was a pinhole in the paint where um, a, a, something happened and contaminated the paint even a little bit and it wasn't going to affect the playability or the durability, durability of the club, it would still get rejected. The quality control at these places is so good. It's insane, man. Some of the, I, I fully trust it. But when we sit here and we think about the fact that, oh, I really like TaylorMade's customer service or I like Callaway's uh, QC. Their their QC is just better. Their their clubs don't break as often as, as um, TaylorMade's or Cobra's or... Um, anyone else's and you hear that you know that they all pretty much come from the same place they own 42 percent of the market that's a huge percent of the market and there's one more company named advanced that i haven't talked about same principle they own 22 percent of the golf club market that's 64 percent of the market between two companies one of which owns 40 percent these places are good. They know what they're doing. Fusheng is the Luxottica and the MGP of the golf industry. That isn't a bad thing in my opinion. While some may not like it, it's pretty standard practice in a lot of industries like I said before. So overall, it's good to know where your stuff is coming from, where it's manufactured at. If one of your big concerns buying a club is... 
oh man, I don't I heard bad things about X company because their club broke. It's unless it's a design flaw, which could happen, right? We're making faces so much thinner now. We're making crowns out of carbon fiber. It could be a design flaw, but more than likely, it's just something happened in the manufacturing process that just happens in anything, right? It's not because Cobra doesn't check their clubs as good because Fusheng is doing all of the inspections. Cobra's not inspecting it. Fusheng is. So if you trust the Callaway, you should trust the Cobra. If you trust the TaylorMade, you should trust the Wilson. They if you if you trust if you trust TaylorMade, you can trust a Cleveland in terms of quality and QC. Now, performance, Fusheng has nothing to do with the performance. That is all designed by the um by the OEMs design teams. Performance Fusheng isn't going to work better than anything else. Uh, or, or no club is going to, is better made than any other one. Now, how OEMs select their shafts and their grips and things like that, I could do a whole nother podcast and I might just do it on the release schedule that I know of. But overall, Fusheng owns the market and it's good to know who Fusheng is. You can look them up. You'll learn a lot about Fusheng then. But it's something that we don't really talk about in the golf industry is the fact that all of these are pretty much made by two companies. So that was pretty brief. I could really get into the assemblers and how we go and what they do and the different tiers of assemblers and who they work with and things like that um, in terms of size and everything. But... I didn't really feel like we needed to get that in depth. I wanted you to learn about Fusheng, what they do, what assemblers are, and who Fusheng works with, and really to ease your mind when it comes to quality and quality control. So if you did like this episode, please subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. It's the best way to let everyone know that this was a good, informative show. If you've ever learned anything from this show, Please, 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 again, subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. Also, follow The Green Fee on all my social media platforms. On Facebook, if you search The Green Fee, you will see that I post some pretty cool stuff over there. Now, on Instagram, you can follow me at The Green Fee. Now, longtime listeners will know that for the last four weeks, I've been trying to do a 30-day uh make a post every day of the month of May. And sadly, I have fallen off of that. I failed it. And it's not from lack of trying, but it's because my phone is currently out of commission. So I was having a battery issue and I actually got to send it off to Google to get it repaired. And if you don't know this about Instagram, you can't post via computer. So I didn't really have a way to post. So I failed that, but I was ready to make the post and I did do it a couple of days while the phone was out of commission and I was trying to work on it, but I did finally fail. And then the third social media platform to follow me on is Twitter. I like to think I do some of my best work on Twitter. Some of my followers may disagree, but you'll get the latest equipment news over there and you'll get some equipment and golf hot takes, which are always fun. 
I'd love to talk to you on any of my social media platforms. So if you got the time, like and follow those pages. You'll have a good time. I'll introduce you to some new people with who I interact with on on social media. Until next week, hit them straight and have an awesome week. Nike drip got that boy playing in Pearl Gang. Pearl Gang. Give me that driver. I let it bang. Pearl Gang. Pearl Gang.